In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning's reading from both the Hebrew Scripture and the Gospel both have to do with forgiveness. In the book of Genesis, we hear the final forgiveness or reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. You might recall that years earlier, those jealous older brothers had tossed their spoiled favorite child younger brother into a dry well, debated about killing him, and sold him into slavery, and passed him off as dead to their father. What if he still bears a grudge against us, they asked themselves. <laughs> Seriously? That might be an understatement. So the brothers concoct another lie, telling Joseph that on his deathbed, the father had begged for forgiveness on their behalf. It's hard to tell from this passage if the brothers were finally reconciled to Joseph because of that false story about their father, Jacob, or if Joseph really would have forgiven them no matter what. But the result of the story is that forgiveness triumphs. Forgiveness wins in the end. Today's Gospel also addresses forgiveness. Peter asks, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? As many as seven? And many translations have Peter asking how many times he needs to forgive his brother and not another member of the church. That's led some people to think that maybe there's some kind of family argument between Peter and Andrew, or this was supposed to be some more on family issues rather than conflict as a whole. But the point is the same. How many times are we supposed to forgive a person who has hurt us? Well, according to Jesus, it's not seven, but 77 times. One of the things you need to know about St. Matthew is that he is making the case for Jesus as the fulfillment of God in the Hebrew Scriptures. He's arguing that this Jesus movement thing is not a new religion, but it's in fact a fulfillment of the Hebrew faith. We see this at the beginning of his gospel, where he opens with the genealogy of Jesus, connecting him with David and Abraham. His first two chapters of the gospel on the life of Jesus are essentially the story of Israel. Generations, dreams, the killing of infants, escapes into and out of Egypt, all these serve to tie Jesus to the history of Israel. He does this subtly in other places, like in this morning's Gospel. Do I forgive seven times? No, 77 times. Now a Jew hearing that in the first century would immediately be transported to the book of Genesis. There was a sevenfold vengeance placed on anyone who killed Cain for his killing of Abel. And later in that book, Lamech proclaimed a 77-fold vengeance on anyone who attempted retribution against him for his murder of a young man. So Matthew has Jesus going all the way back to Hebrew Scripture and saying that the level of forgiveness in this new covenant of Christ will be equal to or even greater than the vengeance 
that was proclaimed earlier. But Bible study and history aside, what are we to make of this issue of forgiveness? Forgiveness is often misunderstood, and forgiveness can never be forced. The line, you're a Christian, so you have to forgive me, comes to mind. There seems to be this belief that forgiveness is simply granted because Jesus said it was. But that kind of thinking doesn't really do anything with the problems that we're faced with, and it places all of that responsibility on the victim for forgiving. If I leave here this morning and slam into someone's car and then say, sorry, please forgive me, without doing anything about it, I'm not so sure that person has to forgive me. In our right of reconciliation, which is the Episcopal Church's name for private confession, this penitent can be asked to perform acts of penance or to make restitution as part of the act of forgiveness. In the disciplinary rubrics in the Book of Common Prayer, which are my instructions regarding communion, they state that if a priest knows of a person who is living a notoriously evil life, they are to withhold communion until repentance and amendment of life has been made. Repentance, amendment of life, forgiveness, they all go together. But does forgiveness require someone to repent and change? That's a tricky question. Do I, as a priest, offer absolution on the condition of repentance, or do I offer it on the promise of repentance? That's a deep discussion for a different time. But when talking about forgiveness, here's why I think Jesus throws out 77, and while he tells the parable of the unforgiving servant right afterwards. Forgiveness at its core is about ourselves. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we have to become best friends with those who have hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we have to remain in a business partnership with someone who has cheated us. It doesn't mean someone needs to marry their abuser or remain in an abusive relationship. What it does mean is that we have to get to a point where we are not controlled by the hateful or hurtful actions of that person who caused us pain. Forgiveness means that we have reached the point in our lives where we can reconcile and move on. Now, this past Friday was September 11th, 19th anniversary of that terrible day in our nation's history. When we talk about forgiveness and think about something like that, that's a tough nut to crack. But forgiveness is no less important, even when remembering such tragedy. Forgiveness is about being able to live your life in such a way that you don't allow those who harmed you to continually it also means that we don't focus all of our energy looking for revenge or payback. And if that takes 77 times, then it takes 77 times. Otherwise, if we don't forgive others, 
we will end up living in a prison of our own making, just like the unforgiving servant in Jesus' parable. Jesus taught us to pray that God would forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The question we need to constantly be asking ourselves is this. Are we actually seeking forgiveness from those who have wronged us? Or are we seeking revenge? As followers of Jesus Christ, the answer to that question should be pretty clear. But like everything else, reconciliation can be and often is a process. However, we all strive seek and give forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness that Jesus himself modeled, we will find not only our lives change to be better, but also our community, our nation, and the world. And perhaps most importantly, we will find peace in our hearts.